0: Welcome to Life Point Plus, a program dealing with marriages and family. We are so glad you're listening. Here's your host, pastor and teacher, Gary Moore. Welcome to Life Point Plus. I'm your host, Gary Moore. Today we begin looking at another of what Shanti Feldman calls a surprising secret of highly happy marriages. The secret is this, that highly happy couples hang out How Eliminating Physical Distance Can Solve Emotional Distance Tim Keller, who pastored in New York City, once preached a sermon on friendship. In that sermon, he said that studies showed that the strongest predictor of friendships was not shared values, similar personalities, or a common cultural background. It was proximity. In other words, You are most likely to be friends with people you see all the time. Only after that do other factors come into play. In interviews with Shanti, more than 90% of the highly happy couples brought up spending time together. She also found that they aren't just spending time together because they are happy. A big part of the reason they're so happy is that they are spending time together. There's another important part to this whole concept. I think it's not just the spending time together, but how you treat each other as you spend time together. There was another part of Shanti's finding that I find very interesting. When these happy couples were in a season of being at odds with each other, when they were experiencing friction or hurt feelings, they solved it by spending more time together instead of less. Interesting. It turns out, happy couples hang out. Either consciously or subconsciously, they work to maintain their friendship rather than take it for granted. And the most important way they do that is to spend time together. They are in proximity a lot. Dr. Brad Wilcox of the University of Virginia has extensively surveyed married couples. In one survey, he asked, During the past month, about how often did you and your husband or wife spend time alone with each other, talking or sharing an activity? He found that those married couples who spent some sort of time talking or sharing an activity at least once a week were five times more likely to be very happy in their marriages than those who didn't. Do you see the surprising shift in cause and effect? The happiness didn't come first, just sort of drop out of the sky, so of course the blissful couple want to be together. Truth is, it happens the other way around. Just as proximity leads to the closest friendships, proximity in marriage leads to the closest couples. The cause is spending quality time together. The effect is happiness. And quality time is partly how you treat each other and the attitude you convey during this time together. Shanti's research showed that one thing all the highly happy couples have in common is that they act as if their marriages are, first and foremost, friendships. And not just any friendship. A happy spouse looks at the other person as their best and closest friend. A friend they want to stay close to, no matter what. One husband told Shanti, For me, getting married was because I wanted a lifelong companion. It wasn't about the sex or the tax write-off. I wanted the built-in best friend for the rest of my life. Most people probably do. So you need to look at the reason you want to be in the relationship in the first place and be intentional to make it happen. A highly happy wife gave Shanti a great example. She said, We went through a season for a few years where things were just hard. We were moving houses, jobs, and schools, and we were at odds on lots of decisions. Instead of being best friends, we were getting on each other's last nerve. Then I realized we were putting more effort into trying to keep our other friendships intact than we were with each other. If I could still get together with my best girlfriend for coffee without letting all the stuff get in the way, why couldn't I do that with my husband? I asked him, can we just get together once a week for lunch to catch up on stuff that isn't related to which school to choose or the latest problem with the car? I could see his relief. And that was the beginning of a very different marriage one where we don't let anything interfere with our friendship. You may be thinking, well, what does quality time look like? We all agree marriages need quality time, not just quantity time. Shanti found from talking with the highly happy couples that quality time doesn't have to be a romantic dinner over candlelight, sharing deeply intimate thoughts and fears. In fact, it usually isn't. Sure, date nights were often mentioned, but she also heard things like tackling home projects together, taking evening walks after work, supporting their kids' or grandkids' sports together, prioritizing a weekend away from the kids, and doing a shared activity, even if sometimes the shared activity was simply that the wife learned to enjoy sitting on the couch and watching football with her husband or that the husband learned to enjoy shopping expeditions every now and then. One husband, who went from a distant marriage to a great marriage, told Shanti, You know, I looked at the happy couples I knew, and I realized that they do things together. It's not quite the same thing as being together. It's more purposeful and includes the other person in your world. That's different from living in the same house, but being total strangers. I asked my wife what would make her feel like we were doing something together. I was surprised that it wasn't just the big stuff, like a date night. It turned out that even having coffee together on Saturday mornings, sitting at the same table and reading the newspaper, is something she loves because to her it feels like we're connected. We're just hanging out but we're doing it together on purpose. Another vital hanging out pattern of highly happy couples was that they regularly got together with supportive friends, both peers and mentors who they knew would support their marriages, and not those whose first response is, you deserve better than this. It is critical to hang out with the people who will build you up, who can see the big picture and keep you encouraged with your spouse instead. Remember, highly happy couples are really just like everyone else. They face serious challenges to finding and keeping their hangout time. But they have found creative ways to be together despite these very real obstacles that could create distance. Number 1. One or both is unavoidably gone a lot. Shanti talked to many highly happy couples who experienced significant separations. For example, he was deployed overseas or she traveled Monday through Thursday for her consulting job. How were they still happy? Sure, it was hard to be separated, but at least one spouse, if not both, made sure they compensated for the physical absence. She heard solutions like these. We make sure we have date nights or a night out with friends at least once a month, and we arrange a babysitter way in advance so we know it's on the calendar. He wants to schedule a phone call most evenings to catch up on the day. Taking late night flights to get home exhausts me, but I'll sacrifice my body to be back quicker. When he's in town, we make sure we coordinate schedules in advance and let folks know we're going to miss the baseball game or swim practice because it is cave time for our family. We started having a January annual planning day to brainstorm what kind of vacation we want to take or what we want to do with the kids each year. We realized we need to do something to get on top of stuff or otherwise, The stuff would take over and we'd never see each other. Or, as several wives with deployed husbands told her, Skype is a beautiful thing. These purposeful attempts to reconnect can't make challenging situations suddenly easy. But they go a long way toward creating the certainty that a husband and wife are best friends, even when they can't have the amount of actual physical time together they want. One husband provided this word picture. When we're apart, we are connected by this invisible bungee cord, he told Shanti. I'm always aware of being pulled toward her. Number two, busyness. Another common challenge to being in proximity is busyness. One wife who with her husband has mentored dozens of younger couples over the years put it this way. A marriage is like a piece of equipment we use and depend on. We have to respect it and treat it well for it to work right and not break. So we respect the marriage and the way it has to work to function properly. But Saul and I often see young married couples who are off in so many different directions and a part of their busyness, in fact a big part of their busyness, doesn't involve their marriage. It's not that you need to do everything with each other, but ultimately a marriage doesn't work right if you're always off doing five different things that have nothing to do with your spouse. You have to be involved together. Number three, competition from others for attention. Parents, in-laws, siblings, friends, even our own kids, all can be wonderful relationships. But as one happy spouse told Shanti, those relationships can also compete with the number one closest friend spot that must be reserved for your spouse alone. Well, our time is gone for today. I want to invite you to join me on Monday mornings at 10 a.m. on my Mutual Understanding Method Facebook page for some live teaching on relationships. If you're not a Facebook user or if the time is inconvenient, you can go to my website, mutualunderstanding.net, click on the MUM Live tab, and view the recorded teachings. Be safe and have a great weekend. God bless. Thank you for listening today. This program is brought to you by Cloverdale Church of God. If you would like to reach Pastor Gary, please email him at pastorgary at org. To know more about the church, Go to our website at www.CloverdaleChurch.org. Thanks for listening and be blessed.